She's a wreck. <laughs> I'm just gonna drink some more alcohol before this episode starts. What's up, bitches? <laughs> this is Morgan. What's up, bitches? This is Sierra. And this is, is Bitches and Murders. Um, <laughs> so while she figures out her life, I'll introduce the housekeeping. Um, so we did I'll introduce the housekeeping. <laughs> I'll introduce the housekeeping. Uh, so as some of you guys know, because some of you guys showed up, we did a meet and greet at the Anatomy of Death Museum, uh, which was so awesome. Thank you so much to everybody that showed up. Um, thank you so much to, you know, the Anatomy of Death Museum for hosting us. Yeah, like it was, it's so fucking cool. That place is amazing. I spent like $200. It's fine. She they have really a really good. cool gift shop. <laughs> I couldn't help myself. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, thank you so much. And we did an interview with him, uh, kind of talking about like, how this all got started, how he accumulates his stuff, how he picked it, why he started it. What he's going um, to do for the future. Yeah. It's cool. So we'll plug that interview right now. Here. I think first of all, just tell us tell yeah. us more like about what the museum is like in just in general. So basically, um, the Anatomy of Death Museum is my personal private collection uh, that we opened up uh, two and a half months ago to put on a public display. Uh, here in Michigan, there's nothing weird and strange. So, so basically, my whole idea is to bring something different. Uh, everyone goes to the same museums and they look at the same stuff, and mm-hmm. you know they show their kids the same stuff. Um, but I like to bring a little different kind of uh, weird feel to everything that I do. And nothing's weirder than collecting real human skulls, skeletons, caskets, and bombing stuff. <laughs> um, what? What's your favorite thing in your collection? I would say the tribal skulls from uh, Papua New Guinea, from the cannibal tribes, the ancestor skulls that they would put on their mantles. Is that the, the ones with like the mask? Yeah, with the mask yeah. and stuff. Those are those are my favorite. And also any um, any skull with like a deformity, mm-hmm. medical uh, skulls that were trepained, stuff like that are pretty on top of my list. Yeah, I saw a couple with the the pear Donalds. Yep, yep, yep. Um, so you just started a couple of months ago. Tell us more about the rest of your collection. I know this isn't everything. Yeah, so my collection um, uh, stems from uh, antique funeral home items, from coffins, caskets, embalming tables, embalming machines, bottles, uh, embalming instruments, hearses. Um, I, then I uh, evolved from there and started collecting real human skulls, skeletons, caskets, you know, all the weird, weird stuff. I always want to challenge myself, so I always want to collect (laughs) the hardest to get things, and uh, I've done a pretty good job of doing that. I'm a really well-known person. I sell a lot of human skulls and skeletons to uh, museums and other institutes, so I just figured, uh, why not just put stuff on for display for the public? Why not just do it yourself? Exactly, exactly. Um, So... I know that it can be, like, difficult. Obviously, there's a lot of um, regulations mm-hmm. on moving human remains. Uh, so how do you – I feel like that you have so many things. You, have, you clearly have yeah. such a, a tap, uh, like, a market here. So, so basically, the only things – there are certain states where you cannot transport human remains out of, and that's, like, New York, Georgia, Louisiana, and a couple other little states. Right. But basically, the general rule and law, law is – if it's Native American, you cannot own it or possess it or sell it right. or buy it. And also, 
Um, if it's a transplantable organ, meaning that's so fresh that you can literally put it in another human being, that is against the law. Anything else in between is 100% legal to sell, trade, buy, possess, display. Um, see, a lot of people don't realize a lot of these skulls and skeletons, they come from shut down museum or excuse me, shut down, uh, anatomy colleges and the doctor's offices. Mm -hmm. And before the 1960s, plastic was a very expensive technology. So basically, yeah, they used yeah. real, you know, grandpa went to medical school back in the fifties and sixties and, you know, he died last year. Hey, he's got his skull in the attic from his medical days at college. What do we do with it? Let's sell him the Todd. So I'm, <laughs> if you got anything dead, I'm the guy. Usually it shows up to, you know, <laughs> I love that so much. Um, I noticed uh, we were watching your uh, the dissection video mm. in the back. I, can you tell me where is that? For? I I want to know. I have so many questions. So so the dissection <laughs> video is uh, the guy's name is Gunther. He does the body worlds, the plastinization of bodies. <gasps> so it's yep. That's just a video that is just showing uh, the dissection for medical uh, purposes to a class of the dissection of a human being. Okay, I didn't I didn't know that. That's for that. Well, I. Yep. Love his work. Okay. <laughs> I didn't even know. I, I'm ashamed of myself. It's fine. Business aspect. Are you going to be here permanently or is this like a temporary? Yep. No, we're, we're, we're looking to be here permanently. Okay. Um, we're looking to expand the collection even more and more. There's only so much that we can put in at a time because, you know, insurance is very mm -hmm. expensive and we're trying to keep ticket prices low. But my collection is like any other uh, collection you've ever seen before or excuse me, unlike any other collection. Um, the closest anything to this is the Mutter Museum in Pennsylvania or the Death Museum in Louisiana. There's but one I, in LA as well. Yeah, I, but I think we hold a special kind of torch to actually when we say we're a death museum. We mm -hmm. got a lot of death here. There's yeah. is, I, I've been to the one in LA, mm -hmm. and it's um, it's super fascinating. It was yeah. amazing to go to, but um, it's very different. Yeah, there was a lot of yeah, like, serial killer yeah, murder, yeah. murder stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. There was like a lot of like, there's JFK stuff, yes. yep. stuff like that. It we, so much. This is more actual. Death. Basically, the anatomy of death means what is the breakdown of the word death? What is the anatomy of the word death? The anatomy of the death industry is the funeral home business, right. medical schools, autopsies. Um, you know, so that's what the museum consists of, of is of dead things. And uh, basically, you know, we do uh, we do photo shoots here. Uh, you can come get married in the death museum. Uh, you, you, when people come here that we have a real embalming table, you can lay on for free photos and you can even hold a real human skull, uh, if you would like for a free photo. So we're, uh, we're definitely hosting those photos. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> I'm so excited. I got such a good photo. Uh, we're good. Is there anything else you want? No, no, no. Okay. And, and that was great. Yeah. Yay. So we love that. Again, it was so good. <laughs> thank you so much for hosting us. We hope to do more events with you in the future. In the meantime. And also thanks to me because that was a fucking voice memo on my iPhone and it is somewhat able to be heard by your ears and makes sense. Honestly, so I'm, I'm really proud impressed with Morgan's editing skills on that one. She did great. Um, it was rough. <laughs> so, so the other special thing about this episode is we have a very special guest. Oh. Would you like to introduce yourself? What up, bitches? This is Victoria. I was like almost waiting. Like I almost said we should do that because I, but I didn't think of it until later because I was like, "What's up, bitches? I'm Morgan." Then she said Sierra, and I was making a lot of eye contact, and I was like, "Let her say it too." <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was legit.
shit waiting for like being this close to her and her doing like the slow like turn. the slow like fucking jack nicholson stare well come on tell us about yourself who you are your new podcast that you just started why the fuck are you here yeah. <laughs> i brought presents That's no i meant in a good way like why are you here in a good way <laughs> like, I, presents aren't a good way like <laughs> She gave me a skull sippy cup that I'm low-key drinking wine out of right now. And I also made them shirts with their, you know, podcast name on it. I mean, so yes, yeah, they're cool on too. our Instagram live, uh, which we're recording right now. That's what live means. <laughs> um, but uh, <laughs> this is not going to be up in time for that. So uh, you can, uh, I'm, we'll post a picture on our face or not Facebook. Well, Facebook too, yeah. but like Instagram I mean, and all that jazz. a couple people have requested that we save the live because like. Oh, well they, then, um, yeah, let's do that. Like someone had to go feed their child and they want to like come back and be able to watch all the things so how dare you prioritize feeding your child over <laughs> us our instagram live <laughs> your child god i mean i left mine with my mother-in-law and like exactly this is the dedication we were looking for thank you christina <laughs> so uh victoria is here because a she designed our logo uh, B, she Which is the coolest logo. Bomb ass t-shirts. And C, we just love her to death. Um, and Aww. she also started her own podcast. So we're helping her get that off the ground. Um, I already forgot the name of it because I'm trash and I've been History, drinking wine. Your History's Mysteries or just History's Mysteries? It's called Our History's Mysteries. Oh, and I haven't done anything as far as uploading it yet because there's a three episode rule. So I'm working on it, but it'll be up there soon. She's getting there. I'm getting Keep there. Keep your eyes out for it. Right. Your ears. Your ears out for it? I know. I always say, do you, have you guys, like, watched our new podcast? And I'm like, wait, I guess it's not really, like, watchable. Yeah. But eventually. But eventually time. it will be. Anyway, so before we start this very beautiful episode, which is just me monopolizing and torturing you. Yeah, sounds about right. my favorite thing to do. Cheating. <laughs> I'm going to torture you with something else first. So a little background. I've talked about it once or twice or 12 fucking times i don't know um that i have slashed i have my phd abd in um forensic psychology which just really means that you have everything done except for your dissertation um so i'm just about to start my dissertation i just got my dissertation chair and all that cool fucking jazz stuff if you're a grad student you know how much i hate my life right now thank you um so i just read fucking 75 articles on fucking cannibalism and necrophilia and some wild shit dude vampirism yeah some real wild shit so my brain is a whole lot of weird places right now but i have a couple of articles oh no <laughs> that i just had to share so there's a fun little thing about sci or like scientific like psychology articles that i absolutely fucking love is that they're full of case studies because a lot of times like shit gets wild and like there's maybe only one person in the entire world that's like that um so we really like our case studies and sometimes sometimes they get real fucking interesting <laughs> um so i was reading this beautiful one um it's called a case report of necrophilia it's just fucking you know boring they talk about necrophilia what it's like what it categorized all that shit is boring nobody gives a fuck about that okay so anyways <laughs> um so obviously they don't name these people they usually either give them like monikers or like they'll literally just say like the patient mm -hmm. so they just name this guy g and, like, I'm not going to give you all his background because, honestly, it's really not that fucking exciting. Okay. So, I'm just minding my own fucking oh, business. No, <laughs> just <laughs> flipping no, no. through pages. So, you know, I get to this part and they kind of talk about, like, um, so he 
1981, he took the corpse of an 18-year-old woman who he cut the legs off of. Um, He took it to a field, cut the body into pieces, and buried it. After four years, he dug it back up, took it home with him. His wife threw most of the bones away, which were just in a cardboard box in his attic. That is a real ride-or-die wife. Like, that is fucking relationship Oh, Oh, you want to hear the proof of that? Some of the bones he still possessed and were spread across his house, his bureau, and next to his PC relationship fucking goals yeah so the second time ride or die bitch ew i hate this um so this (laughs) the second time in 1985 he broke into a morgue um he had read an obituary in a woman in her 20s so he broke in he cut open her abdominal wall with a knife he cut off her breasts and removed her eyes he took her breasts home with them, but then threw them away when they got icky. Does <laughs> um, it literally say in there he threw them away when they got icky? No, he said it says they threw them away when he started to produce unpleasant odors. Okay, so I, icky. I really wish that it said that though. <laughs> that would yeah. be calm. I just then, like to remind people that she has a PhD, <laughs> and she still uses the word icky. I'm sorry, doc. That's icky. <laughs> like what? What other word is there? Like that's just fucking ew. That's disgusting. That's grotesque. See, but like it gives you that like little shiver down your spine. Like that's icky. That is what icky means. Like when you get that little like, like that's icky. And that is, this is most definitely icky. (laughs) Anyways. Land your plane. So. (laughs) Because I know where this plane lands. (laughs) So at this point, I'm kind of skating through. And like at this moment, like case studies aren't super important for my dissertation. So I've kind of just been like skipping them and like reading like the intro and discussion, whatever. So I flip the page, just minding my own goddamn business. And I see this, which I'm sharing for dramatic effect. And we'll also share on our Instagram live that you can check out. And also I'll just take pictures of it and post it. If you're not sure, that's him in a bathtub with like the bowels wrapped around his body. Yeah. So to preface, what he did is he... This third incident, I believe it was in like 1989 or something like that. Yeah, 1999. Um, anyways, so in November of 1999, he broke into a morgue. He oh, okay, okay. stole a body, um, put her in a container, and then he like, this was the first body he had really like sexually touched, um, but he ended up eviscerating her and then just he like took her inside and like posed with her and put her in his bathtub and like took thousands of pictures that they found later. Yep. I hate it. But yeah, he like took out all her bowels and like wrapped them around his neck, like a fashionable scarf. And he's just in, in his bathtub. Finn attacked my foot right when you said that. And that was really stressful. Full on naked with some bowels. Nope. I hate it. And I was not ready. I had to back up. I was like, what the fuck is this story? And it, you know, I was not sad. I, I didn't feel confirm, better. Because I was sitting in her room with her while she's like reading this. And she just like, it's flipping through real casually. And I just hear, what the fuck? And I wasn't then I, ready. I like, see her like flip through pages to try to get some context. I was like, what just happened? She's like, I, fuck have I known? Yeah, because also they like to like just sneak these pictures in. Like I'm never expecting them. Like most of them don't have pictures. Like this one, they literally put that pictures at the end and like the references. And I was like, this is innocent. They're references. And then just bam, my whole life is fucked up. Yep, true story. So the second article I have is called an extreme case of necrophilia. Um, and this guy, I don't give a fuck about him. He's really not that interesting. He does some crazy shit. But anyway, so I was like looking through, and again, I was like another case study, not really that important really like skim through it so i just flip to this <laughs> which is so much worse um so i'll just give you a little context like i said i'll take pictures do all that jazz um 
one picture is mm-hmm. of a just very straight dead woman who has been very mutilized, mutilized, mutilated, and brutalized were words that became one word. Um, <laughs> and she's like very in a state of decomposition. And then another one is like her genital area. Oh, I can, I can, I know, I know they're burned into my brain. You don't have to show me. Oh, you're showing them. I, I thought yeah. you were showing me. So I would remember. And I was like, dog, you don't got it. I, no, I remember showing the live. Um, and then, yeah, the next one is of her like genitals and stuff. Um, very badly mutilated. And then the last one is just like a side of her torso. So I was like, okay, what the fuck? I need context. <laughs> so I go back and the context was that he opened the grave of an old woman. He removed the corpse and placed it in a sitting position in the grave, skinned the torso with a knife, cutting a large t-shirt shaped piece from her like abdomen he fastened that to his b- naked body using the dead woman's underwear while he masturbated. And I was like, you know what? For once in my life, I did not need that context. Like, I could have gone my whole life without that context and that question being answered, and I would have been fucking okay. Yeah, and I just spread it to the, like, hundreds of people that listen to this. So thanks for that. I'm just more curious how he fashioned it with the old but then again granny panties are like huge so he probably could have like yeah because she was like old so like from my understanding he like draped it over his torso and like tucked it into the panties to kind of like help hold it yeah because he took it like like literally like a t-shirt gotcha yeah like he didn't take like a front and a back it was like all one piece (laughs) yeah well the logistics of that are disgusting (laughs) that i don't want to think about them (laughs) (laughs) so on that note let's talk about cannibals um, like we I, weren't already talking about cool, cannibals. Cool, fun segue. <laughs> yeah, I actually have a question for oh, you. Oh, I'm scared. Okay, so what are the three forms of cannibalism, or actually four, depending on if you believe it or not? What are the four forms of cannibalism that are actually well? Well, there's survival cannibalism. No, no, there's no, 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 oh. no, not that. Like, what are some of the forms of cannibalism that are widely accepted? Oh, well, there's a lot. I mean, autophagia, um, which is just actually, it's technically like auto cannibalism. It's like eating yourself. Like even people don't think about it, but even just like chewing your nails and stuff. Yeah. Give me four of them that you, of the auto cannibalism. Let me think. Okay. Some people eat their hair, which makes me want to die. But I've seen it on TLC and it makes me want to die. People eat their nails. Mm -hmm. Some people ingest their own blood. Cool. I hate it. People do that medically as well, which is, no, don't. I hate it. Also, some people drink their own pee. I know that. Yes. Hate it. I hate that. Some people also put it in their eyes. That's a thing. Yeah. That's a thing, though. That's a real thing that exists. I'm so sorry. Cool. So, friendly reminder. Um, The thing about your urine pee. being sterile is fucking bullshit. As soon as it leaves your body, it becomes, like, it comes in contact with bacteria. If you put that shit in your, well, if you put that urine in your eyes, it's gonna give you an infection, you dumb bitches. That shit cracks me up because, like, the whole, the <laughs> The whole funny thing about that whole concept even existing is that urine exists to empty toxins out of the body. It's the same reason right. we make bowel movements. You're taking all <laughs> of the things out of your body that you don't need and that are bad for you. So the concept that your urine would ever be sterile is ridiculous because it's literally full of bacteria and toxins that your body is like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. So that's just like your that. body going, put that thing back where it came from more. So, so help, help me. me. So the reason I bring that up is because there was a, I don't know, there was a TV show or something, and 
it came up and they were like, oh, what are, you know, some forms of this? Or like, I don't know, Jeopardy or Demented Jeopardy or something. Demented like, Jeopardy. Like, I would pay so much money to see right, that. You have no idea. Something <laughs> random. But so like the biting of fingernails or the skin around your fingernails right. and ingesting it. Um, I guess you count like the skin on your lips too. Skin on your lips. Because I pick at that a lot. Oh, yeah. Um, some people uh, pick and eat their scabs. Ew. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even think about that. Or like your boogers, I guess, would that be also. That was the one that surprised me because I'm I like, didn't even think about boogers, that. But it has it's still mucus and it's still. Well, it still has skin cells and so technically it's. Well, and it's still, I guess, like regardless, because if you consider drinking blood to be auto cannibalism, then boogers would be no different because it's still just mucus right. secreted by your body versus like blood so i would very much like to move on to from this topic but is swallowing your own spit cannibalism <laughs> no i don't Any think better <laughs> okay so let's talk about real cannibalism oh, good. i grossed her out i'm so proud of myself right now <laughs> i started this episode uncomfortable and i'm going to end this episode uncomfortable oh you're going gonna to end this episode the entire thing. okay i just want you to know that like no you're never gonna no. go to south america now like I don't think no. you ever were, but I'm telling you now, like you're never going to now because no. I'm I'm sorry. Absolutely not. Okay, so today I realized we've gotten so far and I haven't even said who this episode is about. Oh That's fine. Um, but this might you might not know him because I didn't really know him too well until I kind of like stumbled along him. Um it's Pedro Alonso Lopez. Ring any bells? Mm. Also known as the monster of the Andes. Mm. Okay, well, I don't, I don't like how angrily you said, <laughs> but okay. Because I am a trash bag, and I like find can cannibals. I almost said cam cannibals. 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 I find cannibals disgustingly fascinating, and um, I remember reading about him in like high school or maybe college. I took a forensics class. And like read about him, and I hated every second of it. And I'm oh, sure I good! I'm here to ruin your day. Brain, and now you're gonna bring all of those details back to my brain. So Absolutely. Like, fuck you. Okay, so his father, Medardo, which like what a fucking name, dude. Medardo Reyes um, was a member of the Colombian Conservative Party during Colombia's civil war. And if you Want to know fucking anything about Colombia? I can't tell you shit because I already told you in Let's Erase Colombia off the map. I think that's what that episode is called or something yeah. like that. And listen to that shit and hear me rant about Colombia for like 20 minutes. I don't want to talk about it again. <laughs> that's fair. It's a, it was a very long explanation and I don't want to do it twice. Okay. I'm ready. <laughs> I had to wiggle right. myself she comfortable. She did a little dance and that always concerns me because it means she's way too excited to like fuck our day up. Okay, so after arguing with his wife on December 28th of 1947, Reyes cheated on her with a prostitute, Oh, of course, oh, good. Uh, whose name was Benilda, so <laughs> we're making hot, good life choices. Hot name. Hot uh, name. Benilda Lopez de Castaneda? Okay. Can we just... Who got pregnant? Of course. Okay, first of all, stop getting prostitutes pregnant. Second of all, could you imagine, like, being in the moment and being like, oh, Belinda... It oh, Benilda. 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 Oh, even worse. <laughs> so in April, April 4th of 1948, um, Benilda was three months pregnant, obviously. Um, and then Reyes was killed by a gunshot wound while defending a grocery store from a rebellious mob. What an honorable way to die. But why was there, why would there be a mob at a grocery store? Like, 
You don't Fuck have my taquitos. Do, do. Like, uh, because Civil War. Well, this was also oh, 1948. Yeah. Well, true. <laughs> okay. Given. And also in Colombia. <laughs> Colombia. Um, so six months later, Pedro was born in Santa Isabel as the seventh of 13 children. Nope, I hate it. Though he actually never, I just realized that I never specified and also probably just didn't realize to ask until I was going through right now that um, I don't know if that's seventh of like his dad had 13 children and those are like different moms, but he has 13 of them or if he's specifically 13 of that prostitutes children i would guess it was the prostitutes they didn't really specify either way and now that i'm thinking i I didn't even make that connection until like right now i don't know if they're talking about if he was like 13 on his dad or 13 on his mom yeah i don't know what the clarification like i don't know if he lived in a house with 13 other children i mean either way i hate it so because i didn't even think about that till right now and i hate that i'm gonna see if i can find that anyways um so according to lopez Finally, an easy name. Like that's so refreshing. <laughs> you got, you have no fucking idea. Yeah, because now we can't get a negative review about it. Just because I can't fucking uh, leave me alone. I told you I can't say things. Yeah, we always warn people. Can barely speak right. fucking English, dog. I feel it. I feel that in my soul. Okay, so he said himself that witnessing acts of prostitution while growing up messed with his psyche. He also said that his mother was cruel and abru- abusive. And his mother caught him fondling his younger sister in 1957 when he was eight and kicked him out of the family home. At eight? You know, that she is an acceptable response to sexual abuse. Okay, but the man is eight. He doesn't know what sex is. He's just seen mm, his mom get right, a train ran on her by a bunch <laughs> of dudes. Like, he doesn't know anything. Right. He's just playing doctor. Like, come like on. Like, I don't even mean that offensively. Like, no, genuinely. No like, he even right. said, like, that fucked with him. Like, he didn't know what sex was or, like, understood mm. it. Like, obviously, she's not, probably not great at explaining it. He even said that she was cruel and, abru- like, abusive. So, yeah. So, she kicks him out at fucking eight instead of, I don't know, trying to help him explain <laughs> what sex is help him understand that what he did is not appropriate and you need to ask for consent and also that's incest and like that's not okay you know normal responses well let's just not correct any of that behavior and let's just send him along at fucking eight and see what fucking happens hope you do well hmm. Gee, I wonder so why he turned into a cannibal he was homeless for three years like living on the streets um at age 12 he was taken in by an american family and enrolled in a school for orphans um, he ran away after two years because he was being molested by a male teacher and he reported it and they basically told him to go fuck himself. Yeah, that checks out. And so at 18, he started stealing cars for a living and sold them to like local chop shops. Um, and he was arrested in 1969 and sentenced to seven years in prison for car theft. So this is where it gets interesting. Okay. Well, let me just say that's pretty extreme. Like seven years for car theft? Like... I mean, I feel like they don't fuck around in Colombia, but also they yeah. do fuck around because their death penalty sucks. Well, they don't have one, but they're like yeah. weird laws for how long you can be in prison kind of suck. I honestly. mean, whatever floats their boat, but it was just like. I was going to say, I ranted about this a lot in the other episodes. So if you yeah, want to hear all that, like, on that again. oh my God. <laughs> Got to drink my alcohol. I'm on like mixed drink number three. Anyways, during a stint in prison. For car theft that I just mentioned. Don't know why I typed it twice. <laughs> like, I would forget that I had said that literally the line before. But okay. Um, he was... I forgot about this. <laughs> it's been a while since I did these notes. Um, he was brutally gang-raped, 
two days into his sentence and he i'll give him this he hunted down all of his rapists and killed three of them while in prison like it was like a day or two after that wow you know i support it and uh it was actually seen as self-defense and they only added two years onto his sentence i support it they were like yeah no dog we get it i me too that's some commitment to track them down and get them yeah they were like yeah that's yeah that's fine and had a very particular set of skills right (laughs) they were very useful you know it worked um so after his jail term he started killing young girls in peru in 1978 what a surprise all the serial killers were like in the 70s um so by 1987 he had murdered over a hundred girls and had been caught by a local tribe Hmm. so they were like he like got caught by this local tribe and they were like gonna fucking execute him they're like yeah absolutely we finally caught this monster like this motherfucker's dead like we're executing him right now and i can't believe this is like an actual thing i have to say because this is so fucking metal that like i am guess how they were going to execute him i just i need guesses first please please guess how do you think they were going to execute him where are we at peru local tribe indigenous uh I'm going to go with firing squad, but not with guns, with poison darts. That'd be cool as fuck, but that's not it. Damn it. What's your guess, Victoria? Oh, my God. She, like, upped the bar on me there. <laughs> um, okay, indigenous in Peru. Um, oh, shit. I'm going to guess, like... Get metal, oh, get oh, metal. Oh, like oh, that's what oh, that's what's stuck oh, in my head is the getting. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, um, I'm just I don't know. I'll just say that everyone just starts stabbing him with like. I also love that. That's I appreciate stabs, that. Like, rolled in corn and pecked to death by chickens. Do you, do they have chickens in Peru? Yes. Chickens are everywhere. Chickens are everywhere. They're, they're are yard they? birds. No, they're, they're not everywhere. They're everywhere. I'm sure there's places that don't have chickens. There's a form of a chicken everywhere. <laughs> the only country without live chickens is the Vatican City, and the only continent without them is Antarctica. However, that's just currently. Like, oh, obviously, oh, everyone oh, has okay. chickens Okay, I'm just going to throw this right out there and be like, okay, Vatican City, I do not accept that. Like, <laughs> do not accept that at all. <laughs> like That don't have chickens. Okay. Naturally. Um, um, Try and beat me. I'm metal. Like, come on. Um, I just want to know where chickens come from. Okay, anyways. I rolled. Egg. Egg. <laughs> yeah, Ow. we cannot have the chicken and the Ow. egg discussion right now. Uh, rolled in paprika and then slow roasted for dinner slow roasted (laughs) i don't want to talk about what just happened i heard that shit can't get it past me i'm deaf as hell but still quick anyways um no they poured syrup on his head and let him get eaten alive by ants well that was the plan so rolled in corn that. and pecked to death by chicken. Yes, but, close. but ants. <laughs> you were actually, like, surprisingly close. <laughs> um, so they were like, yeah, dog, we got the syrup. We got the ants. Let's fucking go. Um, and a, an American Christian missionary intervened and were like, no, no, no. Like, you should hand him over to the police. Like, this is wrong. It's wrong of you to execute him. Those damn Christians. And you know what? Those damn Christians were fucking wrong, dog. Because you know what the police immediately did? Let him go. <laughs> Let him go. They fucking were like, yeah, dog, we don't give a shit about this. 
I wonder if that like Christian missionary ever thinks back and is like, yo, I could have stopped a whole string of cannibalism if I had just let these indigenous people murder this man. Yeah. And that's the thing, too, is that like because they had the kind of justice where they were like, OK, like we we know it's him. But like they didn't necessarily have evidence that would hold up in a court of law. But like there was no question. Like he murdered right. over like 100 girls. So he, of course, moves to Colombia. Of course. And then later Ecuador. Where he killed about three girls a week. Um, and he said, I like the girls in Ecuador. They're more gentle and trusting. More innocent. All I can think of when she says three days a week. Gotta have that Monday, Wednesday, Friday schedule, man. That's what I'm <laughs> saying. He takes some days off. He lets himself rest. He has some cheat days. You gotta recoup. <laughs> he also said... I walked among the markets searching for a girl with a certain look on her face, a look of innocence and beauty. She would be a good girl, always working with her mother. I followed them, sometimes for two or three days, waiting for the moment when she was left alone. Ladies, <laughs> let that resting bitch face fly. It will keep you alive. <laughs> for once, the resting bitch face is like key to have. Looking like a nice girl is for dead people. Being nice is for dead people. <laughs> um, if you're a girl, at least. <laughs> um, so this is where it gets um, not great. Um, no, not great. Because we already weren't right. not great. But now we're really not great. Well, this is like, it involves like children. So like, it's not So great. yeah, we'll put a content warning. This uh, is, yeah, it this does is involve my official children. content warning. We're about to talk about children. Um, they're not super young. Um, they're between eight and twelve, but obviously that's like triggering for some people. So if that's triggering for you, scoochy boot right along and don't listen to this episode. Yes, yeah. just your you know, toot toot. <laughs> Anyways, for all of you that are still listening, which honestly, let's be real, is all of you, even if you will be triggered, you know you're probably just gonna keep listening, and then you're probably gonna cry, and I'm sorry. And then, you're but I know I'm the same way, and I can't help myself. I'm like, wow, look at that trigger warning. That would trigger me. Let's look at it. Let's hop on this train. Choo choo. Yeah, I don't think a trigger warning has ever stopped me, so it's fine. I feel that. Um, okay, so he would target. Hashtag trigger train. Y'all are ridiculous. Oh, I hate myself. Okay, so he would target young girls between 8 to 12 that were from poor rural areas. Um, so he had no actual racial preference, but he didn't take white girls because they were just like, they're foreigners. So like people would notice them missing. Oh, people were right. like watching them more closely. Um, so he would stalk them, like he said, for like a couple of days and then he would abduct them. So he would lure them away from the markets and then he would like, he would bring like candy or like, you know, beads or something, take them to a secluded area rape and strangle them then bury them in shallow graves in groups of three to four do, do you want to hear the best part absolutely not but you're gonna tell me anyway right. before they decompose too much because like i said like he was like doing this like as right. soon as a girl was dead he was out looking for another girl cool. he you. would return and play tea time with the groups of corpses that's stop. why he buried stop. them in three to four stop. stop that has american horror story written all fucking over it also <laughs> He only killed in the daytime because he wanted a clear view of their faces as they died. Cool, I hate she's, it. She's thinking of American Horror Story with the tea time. And here I am thinking of Con Air. <laughs> Stop. Get out of here. Leave. Why did we invite 
invite her to do an episode with us. That was too far. You've gone too oh far. No. Oh, no. No. <laughs> okay. Trigger train boarded. We're taking it. If we go viral because of trigger train, I'm going to die. Honestly, same. <laughs> um, okay. I'll, re- I'll revive you guys. So people thought that the girls were obviously, like, human trafficked, kidnapped, sold, or they, like, ran away. So police never even suspected a serial killer because if you listen to our other episode, like, it makes a lot of fucking sense why they didn't mm-hmm. suspect the shit. In 1979, a flash flood in Mbato, Ecuador unearthed the bodies of four young girls from their shallow graves. So obviously, like, the whole city was like, what the fuck, dog? Don't like that. So he actually, he tried to kidnap this girl named Maria Paveda. And he, like, he tried to get, like, kind of lead her away. And people were obviously, like, on high alert because they just found a bunch of dead girls. So, like, people, like, saw him and, like, stopped him and, like, got her safe and, like, got, you know, arrested him. And so he refused to kidnap, or refused to kidnap, refused to confess. That's the word I was looking for. And so he actually was like, got the fuck beat out of him by the police. Like, as politely as I can say it, like, they, like, almost killed him. And, like, they accused him of, like, being in a gang and working for the cartel and, like, all this crazy shit. Um, But he, they were even like, we're going to fucking kill you right here. Like, we know you're just a piece of shit gang member, a piece of shit, like, cartel member. Like, we're just going to kill you. And he still didn't confess. You know, there's so a, a lot of metal. instances of this man almost getting killed. And I need people to fucking follow through. <laughs> so they actually thought they didn't even think he was a serial killer. So they thought he was like orchestrating um, like a ring of like human trafficking. So like that's kind of how they were like approaching it. And so like the captain like went to him even and like try to play the nice guy and like try to win him over. And like he still wouldn't confess probably because he wasn't fucking abducting girls for human trafficking uh so he finally finally like ended up cracking and he said that they could find one girl in a cabin outside of town so when they got there they found the nude dead body of a local girl whose name was Ivano Jacome um so this is when he ended up confessing to the other murders um so he took the police to a mass grave of 53 bodies where he'd been dumping girls for a while cool I hate it um so after learning that he was going to be charged with murder he was then he refused to cooperate because this man honestly did not realize when he told them that he killed all of these people that they would like do something about it weirdly enough strangely enough that's how law enforcement works well i think you break the law they're gonna rake you over the coals for doing it well what i think he thought Mm -hmm. is because he like confessed and like told them where it was well because i mean if you remember back to the other episode in columbia if you like he got literally 1800 years for his crimes and he served like 14 of them i think if that like seven maybe but like he got his knockdown automatically from 1800 years to 22 years oh, purely yeah. because he cooperated yeah right. here's the thing you play stupid games you win stupid fucking prizes <laughs> oh oh no he won no stupid prizes yeah i know i hate he it which is why I'm somehow comes out money. on top and i hate this um okay so after learning that he was going to be charged with murder, uh, obviously, like I said, he refused to cooperate. Um, so the minimum body, body count for Ecuador by itself was 110. 
cool. I fucking hate it. <laughs> I had to move out of the way because I saw her shadow, and I'm like, I'm going to get blindsided. Okay, so it went from 53 to 100. 53 just in that one Just grave. in that one grave. Yeah. Okay. Because what he would do is essentially, like, he would dig just, like, a shit ton of shallow graves, like, all in one place. So it was like, okay, this little plot is going to be, like, these three to four girls. Oh, And then they're buried now. Like, I'm done with them. So, like, then, you know. Yeah, and then, like, two or three feet over is the next couple of girls. And, like, kind of like that. It's kind of what. That's the gist I got of it from, like, what I understood. And there wasn't, like, pictures of the layout specifically. But, like, that's my guess. So... The minimum body count, like I said, in Ecuador is 110. Great. Hate it. But is thought to be actually closer to 300. So they just misplaced 200? Oh, no. He had, like, mass graves all over the country. And they just couldn't find them all. Because he would bounce around from town to town. And you also have to think he had... Not only did he have, like, 110... Between 110 to 300 in Ecuador... He also was in Colombia, where we know he had dozens, because he was also killing around three girls a week while he was in Colombia. And the reason he left Peru in the first place was because he had killed over 100 girls, and they were going to kill him. So his body count were up probably somewhere... Four or five hundreds? Um, no, closer to 600 and maybe 1,000, depending Ooh. on how many girls are in Colombia. Cool. So, um, you know, everybody acts like a Marian. A Marian. Americans, <laughs> American American serial killers are like so metal because like, oh my god, they got like, like twenty thirty. Oh my god, bro, South America is fucking whole not whole whole another shit because they don't notice when people go missing. Well, I mean so they might now, but like at the time <laughs> they were in the middle of a civil war. Um. So he was arrested in 1980, and he was sentenced to the max sentence under Ecuadorian law. You ready for this? Yes. Just if you land. tell me something like twenty years, I'm gonna, you're gonna catch these hands. Like, are we talking high or low number here? Just bubble. no, you gotta just guess. I'm not oh. gonna tell you. Okay. I'm gonna guess three. Sixteen. Oh. So better than your guess, but less than twenty. <laughs> you're gonna yeah. catch these fucking hands. So we're talking between six hundred and a thousand, roughly, and you got sixteen years. Oh, but it. So he served as a model prisoner in Pavilion B section, the Pavilion B section of Garcia Moreno prison. And then he met, um, weirdly enough, this is just a side note. I thought it was interesting. He meets another serial killer who ended up being a pedophilic serial killer in Colombia named Daniel Camargo. They actually met and were like friends in prison, which I think is wild. Um, so he actually cool, was. I hate it. Right, and then he was freed by the government of Ecuador in August 31st of 1994 for good behavior, and he was let go two years early. <coughs> I made her die. I made her literally She's choke. over here just dying. I wasn't ready for that. I was not ready for that at all. So it gets a little bit better for a minute before all the bad happens. Don't okay. lie to me. So he was rearrested as... No, th- it actually does get better for a, a minute. Um, so he was rearrested as an illegal immigrant an hour later. <laughs> Literally an hour later. <laughs> they let him out of prison. This man walked five feet away and they arrested him again <laughs> hey, immediately. Hey, you stop there. Yeah, they, the Colombians were like waiting because that was in Ecuador. And oh, the Colombian okay. authorities were waiting to extradite him because um, they charged him with a 20-year-old murder of Floralba Sanchez. 
So they were like literally like outside the gates, pretty much like, all right, yeah. you want to go get a fucking, you want to go get a, a beer because you're going to Columbia. <laughs> so they were trying to charge him, obviously, um, and ask the country like, so as a whole, they were like, okay, we want to like fucking get this guy. So they put his picture out there. We're like, does anyone know him? Can anyone give us evidence? Like anything like that. Um, so her mother, the mother of the girl he murdered, came forward and said that he was the last to see her before she was found raped and strangled outside of town. Um, so he actually ended up being like declared insane and he was held in the psychiatric wing of a Bogota hospital. So he was diagnosed as a sociopath with avoidant personality disorder. Color me shocked. Uh, which avoidant personality is like exactly what it sounds like. It just means you avoid intimate and like social contact, like intimacy and social context. Um, so growing up with his mother had made him like, ass- I put assimilate, but I didn't mean assimilate. I meant like associate. That's the word I was looking for. It made him associate sex with affection. So like he thought, so like because these guys would like come have sex with his mother and then like give her things like he would thought that meant like that was like affection because that's what right. he learned as a kid. He was like, oh, like sex is affection like these men come they they do it to my mom and they give her things and then we can go do things because like they gave her gifts and i'm sure she probably tried to like explain it away to him like oh those are like you know what i mean like mommy's boyfriends or like she kicked him out at eight years old yeah you know what i mean so like she's probably (laughs) telling him some real wild shit so he thought he like explained to them that like when he did like molest his sister as a child he thought that was like he literally didn't know what sex was like he literally thought that was like showing affection uh, which, like, you can believe that or not, but he was also fucking eight years old. And honestly, with the childhood he had, like, really not that much of a stretch. So, like, that's really sad. Uh, doesn't excuse any of the things he did, obviously. But, like, that's sad. Because if he wouldn't have been kicked out or if she would have, like, talked to him for, like, 0.5 seconds and, like, discovered that at, like, eight years old, yeah. she could have just been like, yeah, no, dog. That's just something mommy does. Like, you don't do it. And then it would have been, like, problem solved. And he would have been a normal fucking kid. But here well, we fucking are. I don't know if I'd go that far. Well, yeah. But I mean, maybe it would just be like an alcoholic like the rest of us or something. <laughs> <laughs> As I sip my wine out of my sippy cup. Literally. <laughs> okay, so then he said that, like, obviously, you know, then he tried to show affection to his sister and then he was punished for it. So then he associated affection with punishment. It's a pretty normal cycle. Um, so that made him, like, I don't know. So they... Sorry, words are hard. (laughs) So the psychiatrist said that his childhood abuse and deprivation made him assume that destroying childhood innocence was natural and desirable, which is like, ew, no, you should know better. But like, also, I know he was damaged, but also like, no, but I mean, you have to think of like, I mean, I'm not trying to like justify it, but like, I can't imagine how fucked up I would be if someone kicked me out. My mom was a prostitute. Someone kicked me out at eight and then I was homeless for years. Yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure he saw some shit when he was eight years old and homeless uh, for three fucking years that like would fuck anyone up for life. So like, I don't excuse it, but like, holy, f- I can't even imagine Mm-mm. living like that. Um, excuse it. I get it, but it doesn't excuse it. Yeah, because he got, like, a very, like, savior... Well, at least their opinion is that he got a very, like, savior-like complex from it. Not so much where he thought he was God, but he was, like, 
I know what happens like around that age. That's why he always picked him between like eight and 12, because that's literally when he was homeless. He was like, I know what happens to you around this age and I know how bad it is. So he like thought by killing them that he was like saving them from those horrible things happening, which honestly being a child in Colombia and most of these places, probably not that wrong. Obviously it's not okay to kill them, but like <laughs> he's probably not that wrong that a lot of them would have had some really horrible stuff happen to them if they hadn't already. So like, Obviously, growing up in that environment, I'm sure it was easy to, like, to, like ex- equate those two. Yeah, like, explain away what you're doing. But this is where it gets real bad. Real, real, real bad. Okay, so in 1998, not that long ago, let me remind you, um, he was declared totally sane and was released on a $50 bail. He immediately disappeared. <laughs> Do you want to fucking run that by me again? Who is in charge of this Monopoly game? Like, pay your <laughs> Literally, like, pay $200. You can get, it's not even $200. It's literally it's $50. 50. <laughs> pay $50. Get out of jail. Um, so. Uh-huh, I'm just visiting. I'm not in jail. Like. He immediately disappears. He shows up in El Espinal where his mom lives. So he just, like, showed up on her doorstep. Knocked on her door. She was, like. She knew, like, because she had obviously been through the trial and everything, like, she knew that he blamed her for everything, basically, which, like, is valid. (laughs) It's, like, literally her fault. Um, But so he, like, blamed her for everything. So, of of course, when he shows up on her door, she's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to fucking die. Like, he's here to murder me. Like, he blames me for everything. Um, Instead, he tells her that he gives her, like, his blessing Like, he tells her, like, I thought about it, you know, like, I know you were doing the best for us. Like, maybe you weren't a great mother, but, like, I don't want this between us anymore. He was like, I just want you to be happy. You know, I want you to be successful, all this stuff. Like, tells her he loves her, gives her his, like, blessing and, like, you know, asks her for money. I think she, yeah, he, like, asked her for money as well just so he could kind of get out of the area. Um, She gave him, like, all the money she had, like, on hand. And then, like, she gave him some stuff from the house that he could, like, pawn as well. And she said she never saw him again after that. Like, she's never seen him again. So, obviously, um, a warrant was put out for his rearrest, but his rearrest wasn't put up until 2002 because they actually found another mass grave of his and were like, oh, shit, dog. So, yeah, all together. So, they found the 53 bodies. They were all girls aged between 9 and 12 in Ecuador. And then they found another 110 girls in different graves in Ecuador. Then they found these, like, 60-some girls in a different mass grave in Ecuador. Then they found 240 more tangible, like, actual bodies that they have found. 240 more in Peru and Colombia. But that's just the ones they've actually found. Like, those are like, oh, we have their bodies. We know exactly where they are. But, like... There's definitely a lot more because he only confessed to like the first mass grave. And after that, he was like, yeah, no more. So like they it's so easy to like identify his victims, though, because they've all been killed in like the exact same way. And like, obviously, that's not usual. Um, But do you want to know the best part? The very best part of this whole episode? Sure. He's never been seen again. Anywhere. Ever. I'm sorry. What? He left. He gave his mother his blessing. Um, She gave him some money and he's never been seen again. Ever. Anywhere. Like, Josh Gates, get on this. Like, we need this being found. Fucking dog the bounty hunter. Right. Get on this. I mean, he'd only be 71 right now. 
that's really not that old and especially from people like people in the South America live a very long time. They have decently long lifespans. You introduced this episode as being about cannibals, and you have not said anything about cannibalism, and that fucking terrifies me because I know you, and I know that you wait to completely fuck up my day until the very end. Do you want to hear? This is probably the worst, the worst ending I've ever given you. I've, I've watched this woman shrink down next to me <laughs> the whole episode because she's like terrified of what's coming so i think this is the worst one like you're never you've never been more mad at me than you're about to be mad at me are you ready you're gonna catch these fucking hands morgan <laughs> so <laughs> i may have wrote this episode back in like june right. and i may have just forgotten that he wasn't actually a cannibal <laughs> I, I, I was thinking of because i was like oh there's two people from Colombia." because like him and louis garavito are almost exactly the same except like one kills boys and one kills girls so i kind of forgot that there wasn't actually any cannibals on this one I've been <laughs> on edge this entire time. Sometimes the biggest surprise. <laughs> oh my god! Is that no there is surprise. a surprise? <laughs> you have destroyed Sarah. She is like I spent this entire time. I thought it would be enough that no one's ever found him. Okay, I thought that would redeem it. Shoot a drop. I thought it would redeem it. I tried my best. I remembered halfway through the episode that there was no cannibalism, but I didn't know how to go back from there. I was hoping you wouldn't mention it, and I would never have to think about it again until my mom yelled at me. Oh, no. Let's face it. She was never going to let you get through that without all of it. But, like... Oh, man. I was just waiting for that to get so much more fucked up. And you just... They never found him! Is okay. that not enough? It is, but the man killed a cannibals. Okay, because also you have to think about all of those calculations, those wonderful little calculations we did about there being like six hundred ish girls that he's killed. Yeah, that was before he's been arrested. He's been free since nineteen ninety eight, and no one has seen him since. Do you think a man who killed three girls a week? for like a vast majority of his adult life uh like early adult life is just gonna not do that for the rest of their oh, adult absolutely life absolutely not like if he's been missing since 2002 1998 i thought you said that's when the warrant for his arrest went out because they oh, found another mass yeah, grave yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah if he's been missing since 98 he sure as shit has killed a couple more hundred girls since then and like he's 71 now so he's older but actually so he slowed it down to maybe like one girl a week one girl a week <laughs> But the worst part is, if you really think about it, who's going to be so much like more able to kidnap girls and not be suspicious? But a friend, like a friendly, kind, old man. Like, no one suspects a fucking 65-year-old of, like, leading your kid off to murder them. No one expects the grandparent. Exactly. So, like, maybe, I'm sure he probably can kill less, like, because, like, energy. But, like... (laughs) It'd be so much easier to subdue them, so much easier to lead them off. Because, like, I'm sorry, even, like, as a kid, like, as a fucking six-year-old or, like, uh, or an eight-year-old, like, I'm not going to follow a 20-year-old man somewhere. But I would follow a 70-year-old man somewhere. 
Because I was like, that man's not going to do anything to me. Okay, so a friendly reminder to teach your children about stranger danger. <laughs> Please. It doesn't matter how old or young they are. It's all bad. Like, if they are not the same age as you, don't play with them. <laughs> so, like, his mom had no idea where he was going to go. She no. just gave him the money and stuffed a pot and, like, Well, she was, bye. like, fucking just terrified. Because, like, you have to think, like, her son killed literally hundreds of people. And he was like, yeah, it's all my fucking mom's fault. And then he just shows up at your door hey, and was up, like Ma? hey mom you know how you said like you fucked up my whole life well like i've been in prison for the last 14 years like sup dog like <laughs> i would also be terrified that i think that was why she was just like oh you want money okay uh y- everything in my wallet you want the fucking tv yeah take that shit dog get it get <laughs> fuck go i don't think she stopped to be like where are you going i think she was like yeah just fucking get out of my house well, dog <laughs> It's kind of one of those things where it's like, okay, so he's been in Peru, he's been in Ecuador, he's been in Colombia. Okay, where else could he go in that general area? Unfortunately, there's like eight more countries in that general area. I know, but how many of them have found mass little girl graves? But you also have to think about how many of them, first of all, are like indigenous tribes and like full of civil war and like really shitty fucking police oh i know i'm just trying to get um, like a pinpoint for somebody <laughs> yeah it's like it's a, it's somewhere in this area but like let's say he's he's probably going over to like papua new guinea and like some of the other ones that are like no wait is it french so we're going Petrofiles on exploration like <laughs> so we're going to south america um who wants to come with us not me but yeah, so like somewhere in that area. Oh yeah, he could have gone over to like Venezuela, Peru, Brazil. Ecuador. Okay, okay, timeline. Bolivia. He was in Peru first. Yes. Then he went to Ecuador. Yes. Then he no, went he went Peru, Colombia, then Ecuador. Like, oh, because okay. he wasn't in Colombia for super long. Okay, and then Ecuador. Yeah. So he could have popped back over to Peru. He could have gone up. I don't to think Columbia he would go back to either any of those three countries. To he be honest. Yeah, because Peru is where they wanted to like literally fucking like kill him. Dude, he could wreck shit in Brazil. Oh, well, right. he could also go up to Central America. Yeah, like, like, there's a whole Panama, dearth right there. Panama, like, Nicaragua, he could go down to like Argentina, Chile, yeah, Bolivia, Paraguay. Yeah, Paraguay. there's so many fucking countries around but there. To get to, uh, it's French New Guinea. Oh, huh. That's what I thought. I was like, it's one of the two. Because, anyways, yeah. So that was the whole last fucking disaster I had for you. Yeah, that was kind of a roller coaster. I wasn't ready for. Aren't they all? Honestly. Aren't they yeah. all? <laughs> Y'all are never ready. And I'm so sorry. No, you're not. Don't lie to us. I'm not. I'm not. I don't even have like an ounce of, I mean, honestly, ounce of apology in me. I was sitting there going, okay, like, you know, this many girls. Okay. Like, tea time and whatever else. Okay. He nibbles on this one's, you know, little finger sandwiches kind of a thing. And yeah. then she totally fucked me up because I'm like <laughs> sitting here like, okay, what? Why? What? There's none? You just ruined the whole day. Like, right. here I am. Like, I'm going to learn about new cannibal. And yeah, I was locked and loaded for some cannibalism. Okay, <laughs> at least I led with cannibalism stories. You still got cannibalism. And this one had pictures. Okay, okay wait a minute. Wait a minute. I did that, promise that, cannibalism. That was not cannibalism. They wore the body parts. Oh, wait. Uh, yeah, shit. Because those <laughs> were necrophilia, weren't they? Yeah, that was necrophilia, not cannibalism. <laughs> Do, I have so Do much you cannibalism. even know what you're doing your dissertation on? If you could ask any grad student that question, the answer will always be no. no. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'm going to wrap this up in a nice little bow. Uh, so thank you, Victoria, for joining us today. You're welcome. Uh, 
that was a fucking roller coaster. I'm so sorry to ruin your day. Um, I'm not. She's really not. I promise you, she's not sorry. Uh, don't forget about all of our social media. Um, Facebook is Bitches and Murders Podcast. Um, Instagram is Bitches and Murders Podcast. We uh, go live every now and again, I guess. That's the thing that I'm doing. That's, that's a thing we're doing now. I look sure. like a homeless person, but you know, it's fine. Um, Twitter is at Ann Murders. If you're feeling so generous, please feel free to donate to our Patreon, Bitches and Murders Podcast. We made a Facebook group for you to come share our share our share your uh spooky memes uh cases you want us to cover whatever you want to talk about if you have any like lingering questions about any of the cases that we've done we'll answer them uh send us an email at bnmurderspodcast at gmail.com uh so yeah you know you know the deal just stay spooky but not so spooky that you lie to your co-host about cannibalism and your guest stay spooky but not so, just uh, just stop going to Colombia. <laughs> I'm so scared. <laughs> Can we just take Colombia off of the map? But only if you're under like the age of like 15. Unless apparently. you're Pow. If you're Pow, then you're you can stay on the map. Oh my god, dude! We've been I've been watching so much 90 Day Fiance <laughs> because okay, I am full to capacity with like smart things in my brain. Um, <laughs> so I got no more smart things to uh, they, yeah, chock full. Um, so I have to watch just like the trashiest television because like I, if I have to pay more than like an iota of attention to something, like it's done for like television wise, like I can fit no more plot lines in my brain. I'm too full of smart things. Cannot do those things anymore. Uh, right now. Uh, so yeah, I've been watching 90 day fiance, like a fucking fiend (laughs) and I've gotten Sierra into it. Yeah. And one of the girls on here, on, on here, on there, her name is Paula. The love of my life. Pow, please come be on the podcast. Oh my god, I would. Pow is my hero. I would die. We. I have never yelled at the TV more when I'm just like, "You go, girl!" Every time Pow is on the screen. Yeah. Um. Stay spooky, but not so spooky that you kill like 300 people and then your bail is fifty dollars. Six hundred people, but your bill is like fifty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we're on the prices right when they're like trying to guess all the prices. Higher, higher. Uh, stay spooky, but not so spooky that you get sixteen years and then get let out early for At good 14. behavior. Keep it spooky, but not so spooky that you disappear and you're never seen again, and you're probably killing hundreds more girls. And why do we not know where this man is? <laughs> Okay, I got probably the good one that could be your finale. Do it. I'm ready. Do it. All right, stay spooky and make sure you listen to the next episode. Damn, why do we say that? That was so cute. What the fuck? That was so cute and wholesome. What the fuck? Why have we not been ending our episodes like that? Why are we like this? It's usually just me like chuckling. (laughs) (laughs) Let's be real. It's just us fading off as we're just like. (laughs) (laughs) Like that little lizard meme. I'm literally doing it right now. I can't stop myself. It's uncontrollable. Don't call me out like that, man. <laughs> oh, my God. And you know what? In saying that, this episode is literally going to end exactly like that.